Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios in Atlanta, it's time for Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by Computer Design and Integration. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Silver Lining in the Cloud, where we talk with business leaders from Atlanta and the surrounding communities. Silver Lining in the Cloud is brought to you by CDI Managed Services, uh, that's Computer Design and Integration, CDI and CDI Managed Services, where we outsource IT solutions, infrastructure support, and cloud computing. I'm Dominic Rainey with CDI Managed Services, and I'll be hosting today's show. We have two great guests in the, in the studio this morning. First, we'll be speaking with Brian Peart. Uh, Peart? Peart. Peart. Sorry about that. That's Brian cool. Peart, who is president of Commercial Capital. He's located in Athens on Athens Highway in Loganville, right? Brian? That's right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then we'll be speaking with Dawn Poplowski, and she is the founder and CEO of PCC Innovation Solutions, located in, right here on Satellite Boulevard in uh, Swanee. Mm -hmm. Great. Welcome, both of you, to the studio, and thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedules to be with us today. We really appreciate it. And uh, so, Brian, why don't you kick things off? Tell us a little bit about Commercial Capital and what you guys do there. Okay. We are a nationwide uh, commercial private lender and mortgage broker. Uh, we do commercial and business loans um, nationwide, and um, we've been doing that since 2000, and uh, the business actually started in 95, so we've been around 20 years, and uh, we've we, we closed probably more commercial loans than I do anyway, more than almost anyone in the country. Well, it sounds like you've seen it all, the swing in the economy, and you guys are doing yeah. something right because yeah, you're it, still going. It was a tough, tough few years there, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it was, mm -hmm. but now uh, that's behind us, so mm -hmm. uh, how are things going now? What's the future look like now? Well, I'll tell you, I just came back from a um, conference in Miami where I spoke to a lot of uh, the very large hedge funds and, and types of people across the country that are lending, you know, in the billions and trillions. And across the board, they were all very bullish over the next three to five years, uh, which was surprising to me. I'm I'm a little nervous about, you know, just the government's level of debt and everything else. But they were very bullish. Um, and. I tell you, the market's very busy right now. Um, people are bidding on commercial properties, multiple offers. It's it's a very busy market. So that's, that's good to hear. Yeah, that's good. The money's right out there. The money so, is out there. There's yeah. a lot of money available. Yeah, so that's what we keep hearing. So mm -hmm. uh, things are starting to starting to feel the positive side of that. Uh, that's right. Brian, tell us a little bit about uh, you know why qualified loans um, get denied by local banks, if okay. you will. All right. Well. You know, back in the day when you would look at a loan um, a as a bank or whatever, you'd look at the borrower's credit, their assets, you'd look at the property and the cash flow of the property or the business, and, you and you'd make your assumption that way. Since the crash or the correction back in 07, 08, the market um, is now heavily regulated. Uh, banks are audited every year, multiple times, sometimes a year if they're in the troubled area. And what they're looking for, the regulators, is they're pulling files. And if they see a file that looks risky, in their opinion, they will set aside loss reserves. They will ask the bank to set aside loss reserves. So uh, if a regulator comes in and says that $500,000 loan is risky, they may ask the bank to set aside a couple hundred thousand dollars in an account just in case that loan goes bad. So to loan someone 500000 at 5%, they might take the risk of having to set aside an extra 200,000, 700,000. So what happens is the 
this is all unbeknownst to the to the borrower. The borrower goes in and applies at his bank. The bank writes a, a letter of interest. He's all excited. He gets moving through. And then two weeks, three weeks, two months down the road, it goes to credit committee and gets denied. It's because that credit committee is looking at you know, it from a regulatory standpoint saying, you know what, this is a tad too risky. A regulator might have an issue with that. And um, according to the real data analytics um, figures, 80% of all loans um, that are sent to the big banks and 50% to the local banks get denied. Um, oh, wow, that's a, that's, so, a, that's more than I would think. So it's not a, a good a good number. And most of the loans that I close are those loans that got denied by some bank um, and then they come to me and because of a lot of different reasons, you know, I'm able to get them closed at the same type rates. And that's kind of where our niche is in the market is we help clients, you know, get closed. Uh, that's because I don't get paid unless I close the loan. <laughs> so <laughs> There's a little incentive there. That's huh? right. Yeah. That's absolutely so right. So is there a magical uh, structure or something that uh, you guys do differently that uh, makes it happen for people? Well, um, it's having access to all the capital that's available, um, hundreds of local banks, oh, okay. um, lenders and stuff, and then bringing and fitting that client to the best deal. For so example, you shop it, right? Yeah, but, but no. Um, no? Okay. I analyze the loan, I underwrite it, and then I see, oh, this loan will fit with this particular lender. And so I take it with that lender. For example, there was a, a loan I closed last Friday. The borrower was buying a firehouse subs, um, an existing firehouse subs uh, uh -huh. location. He had been denied by five different banks in the Vegas market. It was out in Las Vegas. Um, I got him closed with a bank out of Tennessee. Um, that bank in Tennessee, now this client had 700 credit, and two hundred thousand in the bank. The loan was only a three hundred and sixty thousand loan, so he had, you know, two thirds of the loan amount in cash, and he had seven hundred credit scores. But he got denied by five different banks. The reason his existing business didn't cash flow, and so because his existing business didn't cash flow, that was that one hiccup that the credit committees couldn't get past. So I took him to a bank in Tennessee that is expanding nationwide. They love the um, they love credit. They love good credit. They had 700 scores. They love lots of assets. And they were able to look past it because the store that he was buying did cash flow. And he was paying his bills on time with the existing. So however he's doing it, they were okay with it. And we got it closed. And um, he's he's really, really happy. Well, I'm sure he is. Mm -hmm. Wow. Putting that much up front, too. That's amazing. Well, so you he, he only put 20% down. Uh -huh. or no, 15% down for oh, the purchase. But he had a lot of reserves. Which is really what you're looking normally for. good yeah. right and and um no one could get it done in that market i had to i had to go to tennessee and, and find someone well so. thank goodness you did for him brian yeah. peart with commercial capital and uh so how do you take the risk out of doing business commercially or you know through a business loan uh is it just knowing where to go by your history um well a couple things you know it's you know what's unfortunate is the the lenders that are really lending that have the money to lend and are really aggressive generally aren't advertising um they don't need to advertise they they've got plenty of business um and so um 
the the average client goes to his local bank, gets denied, and then he calls his his mortgage broker, his residential mortgage broker, and that individual doesn't really know where to go. He he's just he's never done a commercial loan, so he's just he's just trying. Um, with me, because all I do is commercial, and because I know exactly where to go, and I underwrite the deals myself. Um, the client can come in. I can get them pre-approved. It doesn't cost anything. I don't charge anything. And then um, I only get paid if I close. So there's really no risk on the client. I take all the risk away. If I'm going to work on a loan and choose to work on a loan, um, I'm only going to do it if I know I can close it. And so when that client pre-screens a deal with me and I issue terms, it's it's there's an 80% chance it's actually going to close as opposed to an 80% chance. It won't, like mm-hmm. some of the big banks. Oh, great. Yeah. So, Okay, Brian. So uh, is, is a low rate sometimes a bad thing? Yeah. It, 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 you know, it's like, uh, you know, the low quote. Sometimes people shy away from the low quote, you know, because they just feel like uh, maybe there's uh, something going on here. It's, well, you know, it, won't it, work out. it goes back to um, what I was saying earlier. 80% of the loans that the big boy banks get are denied. Well, they also happen to be the lowest quotes generally. So what happens is the client shopping the lowest rate gets a quote from one of those big boy banks and he thinks he's got a deal. He's, he's done. He goes into contract. 57% of all, uh, purchase contracts in commercial and uh, that don't close, don't close because of financing. Okay. So, um, of those, it, it's 81% actually are because the lender just denied him. So here's the client. He's got a great rate quote, but then he loses the property because it doesn't close. And the seller who has backup offers sells it to someone else. And he, now he's got nothing. And, and, uh, or he comes to me. He's about to lose his large upfront earnest money that he put on the, on the property. And he's only got two weeks to close or three weeks to close. Now the only thing that can close in two weeks is a private money loan. So now he's going to pay 10. 8, 12% instead of that 4% just to get the deal closed or he loses the deal. So that 4% rate that sounded so great, yeah, you know, set you up for set him up problems. for an 8% or 12% yeah, failure yeah. rate when 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 the 8 and 10 chance happened it actually got denied. So ah, Okay. Okay. So it sounds like uh you know an investor a potential business uh, entrepreneur whatever is uh might might want to check with commercial capital first before going to the big boys. That's <laughs> That's why we're here. I could not have said that better myself. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the there's no risk to doing it. You call me, I pre-qual the deal, I underwrite it myself, and and I charge nothing for it. If it's if it's a loan, I can close. I issue you terms. You don't have to take them. You can you can take those terms and say, you know, what, I'm going to keep shopping, yeah. or you can choose to move forward because you realize that you know the rates are very competitive or or good. So yeah. I mean, there's no risk. It's always good to get a second opinion in commercial is very important because because of that high um denial rate down the road mm-hmm. it's 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 a really good idea to to make sure you don't put all your eggs in that basket yeah it sounds like any prudent business person's going to get more than one quote if the closing matters yeah yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's yeah, worth yeah. doing yeah is a is there a typical number of days that someone waits uh you know you mentioned this t- lag of you know waiting and waiting is the hardest part let's it face is. it you know the unknown but if they come to see you first, you can probably give them a better projection in terms of, you know, the probability of it happening, right? Right. When uh, when I get a deal, um, I'll pre-screen it. If it looks okay, I'll tell them the documents I need to underwrite it. Once I get those documents, usually I can have terms in 48 hours. Mm-hmm. So it's it's much quicker. You know, the typical bank takes two or three weeks 
I'm going to have it in 48 hours and then they'll know, you know, mm -hmm. or I'll tell them this isn't going to close because of X. Um, and, and then at least they know now they can still choose not to listen to me, but I mean, I'm, it's going to come from a lot of experience. I close a lot of loans. Oh, so. absolutely. I can see that. So Brian, what is crowdfunding? Yeah. And how does that work? I see this uh, term crowdfunding. Yeah, yeah. It's, this would probably be an interesting, it's kind subject. of all the rage. And, um, what it is, is, uh, regulations opened up that ability for investors to begin to invest in these crowdfunding platforms and it gets them into different commercial deals. Even if they don't really know much about commercial, they just, they can, they can invest in the fund and then it, they can actually, it's a way for people across the country to begin to invest in commercial real estate without having to put up all the money for a particular deal. It's, there's a couple problems with it. Um, one is it's still very new. There's a lot of people rushing into the space. It's, it's the hot rage and people are able to raise a lot of capital. Um, but most of the people that are investing in there, what happens a lot is the terms change. Um, the client comes in, he gets quoted one thing up front by the crowdfunding platform. Then they have to fill that with the different investors. And, and as the investors decide to go into it or not, they may say, well, I'll only do that one at a 10% rate, not an 8% rate. And, so the terms can change between where they start and where they finish. Most of the loans that I've seen close with crowdfunding tend to be at a much higher rate, 8, 10, 12%, um, because the people investing in there think that they deserve that kind of a rate of return. And then the other danger is, you know, it, it was, it was opened up because of an act of Congress and an act of Congress can shut it down. If a lot of people start losing money by investing in these things and there become, begins to be a lot of defaults, they could just take away the loophole that allowed for all that investment in the first place and it's done. Um, so it's still pretty early on, you know, and, and um, you can try those different platforms and there's a lot of them out there now, but I strongly still recommend a seasoned person looking at it with actual knowledge of the market and, um, and getting them done. They are closing loans, but um, the ones that tend to get to closing tend to be the, the higher interest rate private money type deals. Oh, okay. So well, far. That's why they're, that's what they're looking for. So right? far. It's just kind of like a syndication or something It, it like is kind of like a syndication. Different kinds of terms, I guess. But the people that are investing may not know much about commercial at all. looking for a return on that. They're just money. looking for a return. Mm -hmm. But it's not guaranteed, it sounds like. Well, I mean, nothing's nothing's guaranteed, guaranteed right? <laughs> when it comes to money, right? Okay. Oh, great, great! I am Pete with uh, Commercial Capital Limited, and uh, so what types of loans do you know? Do you guys do there at Commercial Capital? Um, Is there a wide range of loans? Or you cater to a specific kind, market. Kind of falls into three buckets. Um, one about a third of the loans that I do are SBA type loans, so the Small Business Administration loans, the loans for businesses, you know, buying a business or buying a building or, or you know, expanding. Um, about a third of them are, are what is called private money loans. We do have our own private money. We lend um, and uh, need to get closer. So we lend and um, about a third of them are that. And, and those tend to be situations where someone has to close quickly or there's some hiccup that can't be overcome right now, but a year or two for now. They might qualify for normal financing. We, we provide the bridge money for that. And then the other third are the, are the, the normal uh, retail shopping center. You know, I just closed a $8 million uh, retail shopping center in Cobb 
county. Um, the borrower was putting thirty percent. It was a five and a half million dollar loan, and you know we got them great rates. And you know the uh, the reason I ended up with that is the borrowers were out of the state, um, and they were buying a property here. And none of the local banks wanted to do them because they were out of state, even though they were very very strong. And um, you know we got them great. We got them, you know. Right yeah. in the low fours, and they were they were excited. It's pretty exciting when you put the deal together, isn't it? That's I mean, that's my helping, favorite part, man. Helping people get, getting those make, deals, make and, it happen. Uh, right? That's my favorite part. You make it happen. It's yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, that's great. You've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by CDI Managed Services. Uh, well, the, what what final tips do you have, Brian, for the for for people going out there and trying to get a uh, get their funding and, um, you know, for their business or a particular property? You know, I think the the best thing they can do um, is is just make one call um, to me first um, and let me pre-prove or, or at least pre-qualify you, give you an idea of, of where you're going to be and, and, you know, what you can expect. Um, so at least you have an idea. And, you know, again, I'll talk to anyone and, it, you know, there's no cost to it and and it's it's really seasoned advice so um you know i think that's a great first step and then just be careful don't do um if you do go somewhere be careful of um brokers that pretend to be lenders that are collecting non-refundable application fees that happen that's a big thing a, a lot of people who don't close loans make a lot of money off of just application fees they collect the money they tell you what you want to hear collect a deposit that's not refundable and then they deny the loan a month or two later they keep your money um you know and yeah, yeah. and you get you, you're left with nothing um we did great, great advice yeah that's great so. advice so if uh you can help them without just on the phone kind of feel get a feel for where they're at without having to go yep, through and we that. never collect app application fees that are non-refundable so there's oh, no that's risk excellent so mm-hmm. Commercial Capital Limited sounds like the place to go when you need a loan and when you're looking for action and something to happen in a in a reasonable time frame. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's great. Great. Thank advice. you, Dominic. Tell us uh, also how they can uh, reach you guys by on the web or uh, social okay. media or anything like that. Okay. Um, I don't even know the social media links, but um, <laughs> but our website you They'll can get that from us. You can you, you can Google my name Brian Peart P E A R T, or you can go to our website um, www.topproducercommercial.com, or you can call me eight six six three five five one two four four. And that sounds great. Give Brian a call. It sounds like a great program you guys have going there. That's excellent. Thank you, Danny. All right, thank you. All right, next up uh, on our program, we've got Don Poplowski. And good she, morning. Yeah, how'd they do with the name, Don? Uh, very good. Yeah, very good. Okay. <laughs> uh, she's with, uh, actually started PCC? Yes. Okay, PCC Innovative Solutions, LLC, uh, right here locally in Swanee. Don, tell us about PCC Innovative Solutions and what you guys are doing. Okay. Glad to. Um, PCC Innovative Solutions, um, just to kind of clarify, is actually considered a collection agency. Um, but at the same point, I like to look at us differently <laughs> because what we try to do is be more of a consultant when it comes to businesses, collections, and finance. Um what we do is um, we do collect bad debt for those companies that are having trouble, but at the same time, we like to educate them up front and basically let them know what they can do 
to help secure their collections or their receivables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that's the main thing. It's is, different. Yeah, I'm finding that a lot of small businesses, they they are good at what they do, their trade, but at the same time, you know, if something goes wrong or if they're not able to collect their money, they don't know what to do yeah. or how to go about it. Yeah, absolutely. So that's where, you know, the more they're educated up front, just like running any type of business, the more you know, the more you know, you'll be successful doing it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, you know, checking out the website and all that—it's—it's uh, it's not your typical collection agency. I was pretty surprised, and uh, you know, looking at the name, that kind of threw me a little bit. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> when I looked in detail, though, I understood—I kind of understood the mission. Oh, good. Know, which is more than collection. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we're here to talk about. So, Don, tell exactly. us a little bit about uh, PCC Innovations, and uh, you know, really, wh- how did you come up with the concept of? Uh, making it a little different. Oh, well, um, I have been in collections. I started back in 1988 doing um, collections for a lot of um, more of the construction industry. That's my main background. Okay. So um, for different manufacturing companies, supply companies, rental companies with equipment and whatnot. And um, over the years, I found that um, it was always a matter of helping and support the smaller businesses. Um, so even though you have a contractor who comes in and he may not have a lot of capital and he's trying to develop his business. And so there was always ways that we would be able to work with them. Um, even though they didn't have credit, there are things that you could do to help them establish credit okay. and whatnot. And um, so that was one thing that I used to handle uh, with the smaller companies and um, also just basically looking at what support they need. Um, a lot of the major corporations, they are more entitled to being able to handle, um, you know, the credit investigations and whatnot and do the due diligence as far as, you know, ch- checking up on things and what's a risk and what's not a risk. Mm-hmm. And um, so basically, you know, the smaller businesses don't have that capability in a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. You know, um, even with the credit bureaus, you have to have so many clients or so many customers to even be able to use their services. Yeah, different qualifiers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so that's where uh, we also are kind of the middleman. So we can support that information for them okay. and help them grow. Right. And And so that's mainly the reason why I got into it. Do you ter- uh, cater to certain types of companies or particular industries, or is it across the board? It's pretty much across the board. Um, it wasn't expected to be that way, <laughs> but it's just <laughs> just because there's so many uh, varieties of businesses. I've been sought out from these companies. Um, again, everything I've, I've been handling everything from uh, medical collections to um, contractors yeah. to. Um, it is service providers, cleaning services, everything that you can imagine is out there because I do um, everything from business to commercial and business to consumer. Okay. So, so you know, I'm curious what, uh, because of that market, uh, do people wait too long generally yes. before they get in trouble? <laughs> exactly. Uh, with, uh, you know, receivables? Yes. Um, and that's what I've come across when I started the business. Uh, the accounts I would get would be you know, two to three years old. Oh, yeah. And expect you to perform miracles. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Hey, why not? Right. Uh, so that's good. I mean, uh, actually, 
I guess that tells us a little bit about, uh, you know, the market and when when you should, you know, when, when someone should call PCC Innovative Solutions. Oh, yes. Pretty so, much what I educate them with is, you know, on a typical scale, once a receivable hits 60 to 90 days, it, it should definitely be going on to a collection agency or something in order to get that recovered as quickly as possible. Oh, okay. So, so it's not a bundle thing. You know, you don't wait till you have so many. It's just, no. it's a timing thing. So yes. 90 days is the trigger. Yes. That's the trigger. Yes. And I know a lot of the larger uh, collection agencies do um, business on bundle basis. And that's where with the small businesses, they don't have that many issues. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they may have one or two clients that are customers that they can't collect from. And so that's where I will take on just, you know, individual accounts and whatever their need is. Well, you know, this is interesting. Brian gets the money for them, and, and you get the money for them after they've, uh, you know, re- realized they can't get the money. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's an interesting dynamic we have going here, the front end and the back end of, uh, of, the, of the business sector, right? Yeah, <laughs> pretty great. much. That's great. Now, who put this together? This is great. <laughs> great synergy, you know? It All right. <laughs> Don Poplowski with PCC Innovative Solutions here on Silver Lining in the Cloud. Uh, what are the most difficult cases? You know, when you run, I know you've got a lot of stories. Oh, yeah. I'm sure um, you can't share all of them. But what are, what are some of the more difficult cases? The most difficult cases, and um, I know this has a lot to do with our the economy and whatnot as well, but I'm finding uh, that it is with the consumers um, more so than the businesses that I collect from. Um, because basically these consumers, you know, are finding themselves out of work, you know, or having hardship. And sometimes you are going to come across those that are just trying to scam someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of it was with actually um, property management companies. They're having the worst time. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. because what I'm finding is they're evicting their um, tenants. And then, of course, there's back rent they're trying to collect. Oh, right. Well, the main thing with that problem is right now they don't have a place to live. So you have to turn around and try to find them. So and there is a law. There is some legal aspects of it that oh, people yeah. don't think about. Oh, they just yes. want the money. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. And um, so, you know, and, and those usually take the longest because then, of course, you are having to wait for them to establish a residence and whatnot and or employment if that's why they couldn't pay their rent in the first place so it's really hard to go after something that's just not there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know so that's the most time consuming when do you give up um i mean when you're trying when, you know what yeah, how do you find them brian is, brian and i are thinking of <laughs> how, how do you find them if they're you know not living somewhere what do you do well and that's where um i'm saying a lot of that takes time because um, to answer your one question We've got a lot of questions. (laughs) You don't, I, you don't stop unless it's completely dead, basically. When is it dead? Um, well, unfortunately, I've had some pass away. <laughs> well, so let's be blunt about I it. I hate to say that, but you, yeah, you can't get blood from a stone. Exactly, dead. exactly. And if there's no estate. They had nothing to begin with, and so, you know, there's nothing to pursue. This is why Silver Lining Cloud is such a popular show, because, you know, we're very uh, transparent, very, very upfront, and we just say it like it is. Okay. 
<laughs> very, very well said. Um, but then I was going to say to answer the other question, um, I do utilize um, the credit bureaus. So again, that's how I use, you know, I benefit from them because I can do the research. Okay. Okay. And I, that's where, how I try to find them. Okay, great. To go after. <laughs> well, that's excellent. And how long have you guys been, uh, been doing this as your, for your own, as your own business? I started the business in October, 2014. Okay. So it's a fairly young company, yes, it is. but you're over the hump and you're, you're yes. going, you're going strong. That's yes. great. That's great. It's, yeah. <laughs> so do you cover more markets than, than the local market here? Do you go out of state? Um, no, pretty much. All my clients are here in Georgia. Okay. And um, I do hopefully eventually will, you know, grow out of state. Um, but pretty much um, because there's been such a response um, to what I do and what I offer uh, right now, the business is, is very well. Um, so and I've got to grow. Okay. With personnel okay. as well, in order to extend that market. Absolutely, duplicate. <laughs> duplicate. Yeah, exactly. Duplication is the, is is, the, is one of the keys. Well, that's good to hear. And and Don, what you know, you've got. Uh, yeah, let's get away from the collection side because you've got. Uh, you are different. You've got value added services. Can mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit about how you work with companies to help them prevent uh, getting into a receivables problem and and other services that you offer. Of course. Um, yes. And that this is my main focus on more so than the collections is, again, I want to educate these businesses on what they can do. Um, so pretty much our process is we go in and we meet with different companies and we find out what they are doing. And, you know, basically look at their policies and their terms and determine why they're having issues as far as any, you know, receivables or people not pay, uh, not paying. And basically we kind of go take a look at that and then we set up a plan for them to follow, which will help them improve that situation. Okay. Um, and again, whether it be um, a lot of clients I'm finding in their contracts and in their initial contracts, they're not stipulating the grounds that they plan to proceed with. For instance, collections, you, typically have to have that in your contract if you plan to charge interest, late fees, and whatnot. And um, so there's a lot of verbiage that's not there. So as far as going after that money, too, you're, you're limited because you have to, by law, you have to have certain things stated. And I'm probably getting a little off the subject. But <laughs> pretty much, I mean, it's a, a long, big scale. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. a broad, uh, yeah. I but, um, and, um, oh, and also to do this education, I do have um, seminars, you have workshops. Some workshops coming yeah. up, right? I actually have a workshop next week mm -hmm. um, that's going to be offered. And, well, it is offered. Um, and uh, basically what that's going to cover is um, everything from the contracts and their credit policies up front and um, how to handle the verbiage that needs to be in place. And um, also for those companies that um, want to do credit checks and whatnot, you have to have that in your contracts as well, because legally you can't run a credit report unless you have that customer's permission. So there's a lot of little details like that mm -hmm. and, um, and what they can do as far as um, following the Federal Debt Collectors Practices Act. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there are certain guidelines that they need to follow. You can't just call up somebody and harass them, right. you know, because now right. they're protecting the consumer more than anyone. Right, right. 
you know, so there's a lot of things that they need to know. Yeah. You yeah, can't. And you can advise them. Yeah, those, exactly. So areas, so they don't get in trouble. Exactly. Yeah, that's great. Another another reason to call PCC Innovative Solutions. Um, gosh, this is this is a wealth of knowledge here today. Um, so do you have to how do you qualify to come? Do you have to be a client to go to the workshops? Is this open to the? Oh, no, it is open. It's you, to, the, just um, through my website. Okay. It's www.pccis.com, and there is a link there for the event, and um, they can just register online. It's it's only $58, and it lunch is provided. So it's <laughs> at the 1818 Club, so that's where it's oh, located. that's a good lunch. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> exactly. That's a good lunch. 1818 exactly. Club, right above the Chamber of Commerce, the yes. Chamber. And, Very um, great place to be. Yeah. yeah, And even as the resource, um, there's also a workbook. I have uh, put together a like a 45-page workbook, so they have that as a reference guide okay. that they can always go back to. Anything, um, any information that they need and whatnot. Documentation's always mm-hmm. good. Always good. So um, what are the plans for the company in the future in terms of growing it? Um, Sounds like you're just you're on the the cusp of doing something big like that. We, I hope so. It se- it feels like it anyway. <laughs> it sure, it sure. But does. um, yeah, I do um want to try to go um, in you know both global well and an international. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead and dream. Heck yeah. Tell us the dream. <laughs> well, and kind of getting on the base of what Brian was talking about as far as investors coming in from um, other countries. I have that now um, with a lot of my property management companies. The owners don't aren't in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, they're putting money into these local, you know, um, commercial buildings and residential. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I understand there is a lot of uh, international money in Atlanta, uh, especially on the real estate side. Yes. And I don't know where it's all coming from, but uh, I know there's certain sectors that uh, find Atlanta very attractive. Exactly. For, for, and, for um, I mean, the property management companies are the ones that I'm working with. Okay. But at the same time, it's the owners that I have a contract with, you know, because it is their money, it's their property. Yeah. So, and and that's where, you know, I'm like, well, I could u- utilize Brian and <laughs> send them out and get more out of out ready to, uh, I knew that was going to I knew that was going to Another match made here on uh, yeah. Silver Lining in the Cloud. Uh, that's great. Great, great, great synergy. All right. Anything else we need to know about PCC Innovative Solutions? Uh, what does the PCC stand for? I got to ask you. Okay. Well, I provide credit and collection solutions. Yeah. Very simple. <laughs> Very, Very simple. Very simple. Very good. And again, Don, tell us how uh, our listeners can reach out to you to uh well go to that uh workshop if nothing else and, and have a great lunch there oh, at yeah. the 1818 club but uh what's the best way to reach you guys and, and get a feel for your company okay um yeah again you can um check our website again it's www.pccis.com and um the number is 770 705-3033 and you can even reach out by email. Um, that's client support at PCCIS.com. Excellent. Very good. 
Well, you've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud, where we talk business to business, and we want to thank our guest today, Brian Peart. He's uh, with Commercial Capital Limited, and uh, Don Poplowski with PCC Innovative Solutions. We appreciate you both for spending the time with us today to get the word out about your companies and everything you do here for the Atlanta community, employment, and all the good things that come out of uh uh, the entrepreneurial spirit, and we appreciate that. On behalf of our sponsor, CDI Managed Services, I'm Dominic Rainey, and it's been a pleasure to host today's show. To listen to this show and other Silver Lining in the Cloud broadcasts, go to silverlining.businessradiox.com. And until next time, remember, when it comes to outsourced IT support, migrating your company to the cloud, CDI Managed Services is your Silver Lining in the Cloud. <laughs>